6 and beginning with verse 20. I do know that all of you have plans. I'm sure every mom today is going to be treated like a queen and uh, you no doubt have plans and reservations. We're going to be cognizant of that in our presentation of the word, but it wouldn't be fair to leave here today without hearing from the word of God either. Amen. Thank the Lord. We want to read from Proverbs chapter 6, beginning with verse 20. The wise man said, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. I want to preach to you for just a few minutes this morning about my other mother. My other mother. Everybody say thank God for the word. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I am a very privileged man here today because I have had the joy and privilege of of having such a wonderful, wonderful mother. Uh, she has gone on to her reward, as most of you know, and, uh, but she was absolutely an incredible lady. And I give her honor here today, honor that she is very, very deserving of. But I also know that uh, sometimes, of course, you, everybody has a mom, Anybody here today that don't have one? If you raise your hand, we need to meet you after church. You're a real special person. Uh, but everybody has a mother. You have a natural mother. Everyone does. Um, preached a sermon one time about the privilege of choice. And uh, we all understand today that you didn't have the privilege of choosing your mother. But you have one. And, uh, but sometimes as life goes on, You'll meet another very special lady. As a matter of fact, uh, there's two people here this morning that's not related in any way, shape, or form. But uh, uh, the lady has become kind of a second mother to another person in our church. They're not related, but there's a a chemistry. There's uh, some feeling of affection and whatnot. And uh, this person oftentimes refers to this sweet lady as my second mother or my other mother. And uh, I've had uh, people like that in my own life and I'm sure a lot of you here today have had that experience as well. And where there's been some other ladies in my life that I have looked up to, that I've admired and respected, uh, that I have called kind of a second mother kind of thing, there's another very special mom here today, and it may take you a few minutes to recognize and understand exactly who and what I'm talking about, but you'll get that point in just a minute. One of the greatest things that we can attribute to our mother on Mother's Day is that she is the person that gave to us our birth. She delivered us. We were born as a result of her, and... um, Uh, I don't care what you say. I know in our society today it's become in so many different ways a bit convoluted in my opinion where kids are being born of women and that woman doesn't necessarily always want to be the mother. Uh, They want to put those responsibilities off on someone else. 
Again, I'm thankful to have had a mother that was truly a mother to me. But she gave me life. My mother gave birth to me. My life began with her willingness uh, to uh, have yet another child. And I owe her everything for the life that she gave me. But there's also another mom here today that I want to give credit to and give allegiance to. Jesus introduced a whole new concept in John chapter 3. He was having a conversation with a man from the Sanhedrin court. His name was Nicodemus. And under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the works that thou doest unless God be with him. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus, seemingly a very random statement, and said, You must be born again. I read actually this morning about a man that expressed interest uh, expressed interest in being born again to his mother. And his mother said, no way, not doing that again. That's not what he meant. Jesus introduced to our world today, a, or that day in John chapter three, an incredible concept that even though you have been naturally born, life can take you down a lot of wrong pathways. There's a lot of negative things that can happen, a lot of disappointing things that can happen in life. As a result of sin, these things come to us. For the Bible said that we're all born in sin and shapen in iniquity. As a matter of fact, the psalmist said in another place that in sin did my mother conceive me. So was I. My mother gave birth to me and I was born in sin. It's not what she wanted. And it doesn't mean she was a bad person. But it is just an incredible reality of life. That from Adam and Eve's transgression until now, every child that's born on this planet is born in sin. But Jesus said, you can be born again. Praise the Lord. I think that's a concept. I think that's a phenomenal concept. Praise the Lord. That no matter what your life has been, no matter what you've experienced up till now, you have the privilege, you have the choice of being born again again into a new life, a new perspective, a new viewpoint that life as you currently may live does not have to be the life that you live the rest of your days, but you have a choice. You have an opportunity today of literally being born again. So if Jesus introduced this concept of being born again, then who is the mother who would be the one to give that new birth. We would come to find out later in the book of Acts that that entity that gives new birth to people, the father of that new birth, of course, is Jesus himself. But the mother is the church. It's that body of believers that says that we're gonna come together collectively and when someone is born again in our midst, we're going to serve as the mother to that newborn child, that newborn babe in Christ. And we're going to nurture that child. We will never abandon them. We will never forsake them. We will love them no matter what comes, no matter what goes, no matter what happens. Because when they're born of the church, 
They become a child, if you will, of the church. And so I'm here today to say thank God for the church, my other mother that allowed me the privilege of being born again, of experiencing a new life, a new beginning, a new opportunity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Does anybody love the church today? Aren't you happy to be in the church today? Praise the Lord. Not only does new birth give you new life or or, a new beginning, not only does it give you a new start here in this earth, in this life, and in your current circumstances, but the new birth experience also gives you hope of another life. Praise the Lord. Not a life lived here, but a life lived in another place. For Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The new birth gives you the hope of that golden city that we call heaven. I want to say today, your natural mother may not have been the mother of your dreams and expectations. Your natural mother may have fallen short in your opinion and in your perspective on certain things throughout your childhood. But I want to tell you, there's another mother here today and it's called the church. And if you will allow yourself to go through the John 3, 5 principle of the Bible of being born again, not only do you become a part of the awesome church and body of Christ but you get along with that the hope and promise of a retirement plan that's out of this world that every man, woman, boy and girl is welcome to be a part of I don't know about you today but I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to that moment when I make my way heavenward and I can live eternally with the Lord Jesus Christ I mentioned a moment ago that my mom has gone on to be with the Lord, and that's okay. I've accepted that reality. I accepted it at the moment it happened because I knew where she was going. Let me tell you something awesome about Mother's Day. I believe heaven is going to afford to us an incredible opportunity that not only do we get to spend eternity with our natural mother, if yours has made it to the other side, but we also get to spend eternity one with one another as a part of the body of Christ, as a part of the church. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that moment, to that time to be caught up together with the Lord in the air and to ever be with the Lord. Praise God. Everybody shout amen. amen. Praise the Lord. The third thing that my other mother has provided for me, much as my natural mother did, was comfort. I remember growing up as a child and uh, I was made fun of and what have you oftentimes by the people that knew it. But I had a tremendous fear of the dark when I was a child. As a matter of fact, when people have come to me and have mentioned on on occasion that I'm just, uh, adults have come and said, I just cannot sleep in the dark. I cannot function in the dark. I have a terrible fear of the dark. I remember as a child, and I have a lot of empathy for those people because I remember that feeling. But I can remember during those times my mother being a comfort to me. I remember one time I was climbing on the roof of my neighbor's garage. Wasn't supposed to be doing that. As a matter of fact, I didn't even ask permission. 
I knew what the answer to that question would be. Mom, can I climb on my neighbor's garage? No. Why? Because you might fall off and hurt yourself. So I didn't ask. Kind of a stupid thing to do looking back. But I remember climbing on that garage. There was, the roof of it was made out of tin and it was slick. And besides that, it was in the middle of the summer and it was hot. I didn't think this thing through, I can promise you. I was using a clothesline pole. Some of you young folks don't even know what a clothesline pole is. But somebody had dug that thing out of the ground and didn't bother to chip away all the concrete off the bottom of it. And it was leaning against that garage. And I stepped on the concrete, shimmied up the pole, shimmied up the other part of the pole, was standing on the tip of it, and was on that garage when I realized that the surface temperature of that garage was equal with the sun. I did a quick calculation and determined that it would be easier just to let go and just let happen what happened than to try to stand up there and figure out how I'm going to get down off of this thing while I'm burning like fire. So I let go and I landed on that big old chunk of concrete on the uh, end of that clothesline pole and I know I broke my hip. Man, that thing was bruised for weeks. A bruise about that big around. Now I was only that big around, but that bruise was that big around, I can promise you. And I went home crying and moaning and groaning. I was hurting. I was limping. I couldn't hardly walk. I met my mother at the door and she asked me what happened. I think I heard her utter under her breath, you stupid idiot, why did you do that? I think I heard something along that line. But otherwise, she took me in and she doctored me up and I found out what all kind of medication stuff was we had in our cabinet that I never dreamed would ever be applicable to me. And, uh, but man, she was sure a comfort during that time when I would uh, grew up to be a, a young teenager and fall in love with some girl at church and the girl had no use for me and I'd go home and moan and groan. Mom would comfort me. I'm being a little bit silly with this, but I know all of you understand that if you had a mom anything like mine, it didn't matter what you did, where you went, or what happened. If you came home hurting, you were going to find open arms of kindness and sweetness and she comforted my hurts, my wounds, my misunderstandings, and so on. You know, I found the same thing to be true with my other mother. I've gone through some hard times in my life, some of it self-inflicted, some of it just victim of circumstance. But no matter what happened, I could always find a place where I fit no matter what I was, no matter what I was going through, no matter what I was experiencing, I could always find a place at my mother church, if you will, and they comforted me. They ministered to me. They prayed for me. They nurtured me back to health. They got my feet back underneath me. I want to say here today, I'm thankful for my, my natural mother, but I'm also thankful for my spiritual mother here today called the church. I just want to say to the church, Happy Mother's Day. You're doing a great job and helping heal people and comfort people and minister to people and being a great comfort to those that are in need. Praise God. I read to you a few moments ago out of Proverbs. The wise man said, I'm thankful for my mother. I appreciate my mother and that I'm going to live my life according to her commandments. That when I go to bed at night, when I wake up in the morning, when I'm going through all of my daily activities, the law of my mother is going to be uh, resounding in my head. I remember when Sister Murphy and I married, our first child, Marcus, was born. He was about 18 months old. 
And we went to visit my mother in Pasadena, Texas that weekend. And my mother was always a whatnot person. She had whatnots everywhere. And uh, some of them were cheap from S&H Green Stamps years ago. And some of them were pretty expensive ones from the local department store. But nonetheless, my son Marcus was infatuated with my mother's whatnots. I was raised with stuff on the coffee table and I was taught not to fool with it. I was raised that my mother had a little whatnot shelves full of whatnots. We could look at them, but don't touch. That's the way I was raised. I go in homes now and you can't find a whatnot anywhere because parents don't have the ability to teach their kids not to fool with that stuff. That's another Bible study for another time. I just discerned that in the spirit. <clears throat> so Marcus kept fooling with my mother's whatnots, and I'd pop him on the hand and say, don't do that. He'd turn around and look at me and stretch out that hand, and I'd pop that hand, don't do that. We did that three or four times. Look, we was at Grandma's house, and I understand that concept, and I was trying to be nice to Marcus and what have you. And finally, it just reached a point where more severe discipline was required. So I picked him up and didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't jerk him up off the ground by his arm and haul him to the back saying all kind of horrible things. So I just picked him up very casually and walked to the back of the house. And on the way out, I told my mom and the people who were sitting in the living room, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. So I took him back actually to her bedroom. And when I was closing the door to tend to some necessary disciplinary things, when I was closing the door, Something wouldn't let the door close. And I looked outside the door, and it was my mother. She said, what are you doing? I said, Mom, in all due respect, this is not your business. You're going back in the living room, and I'll be there in a minute. She said, you didn't answer my question. What are you doing? I said, well, if you have to know, and now I'm getting a little nervous now. I'm a parent, you understand. But there are some thoughts that kept coming back from the past when I've seen this look on my mother's face before. I said, I'm fixing to discipline my son. She said, not in my house, you're not. I said, Mom, just going back in the living room and we'll be back in a minute. She pointed her finger in my face about that far from my nose. I'm telling you the honest to God truth. And she said, you listen to me, little boy. You are not going to spank my grandbaby in my house. So pick him up and bring him back to the living room. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Marcus did not get a spanking. That is a true story. Even after marrying, I abided by the law of her mouth. <laughs> kind of nervous, man. It'd be a shame to give him a spanking and my mother give me one for spanking him. Uh, uh, that wouldn't be good right there. But my mother also instilled some laws into me. My natural mother did. That um, it was not right to lie. was not right to be immoral. was not right to say ugly things and what have you. As a child growing up, I remember that. I cannot even begin to tell you the things that my natural mother instilled in me. Nor can I begin to tell you of the things that my spiritual mother has instilled I'll promise you, I'll promise you here today that I am what I am today, whatever that may be and whatever you may deem that to be. But whatever I've accomplished, 
Whatever successes I've enjoyed, whatever ground I've gained, whatever I have been as a husband and a father, I can attribute it not only to my natural mother and the commandments that she taught me, but I can also attribute it to my spiritual mother and the things that she has taught me. I don't know about you today, but I am thankful for the things that's been put into me all of my life by my natural mother and by my other mother. Praise the Lord. I think all of us here today owe a debt of gratitude to our natural mother for giving us birth, but also to our spiritual mother for the privilege of new birth. I think we owe a debt of gratitude to our natural mother of her giving us direction and giving us a future. But I also think we owe a debt of gratitude today to our spiritual mother who has given us a promise of a land out of this world that one day will be ours if you choose to be born again, if you choose to commit to the law of your spiritual mother. I want to submit to you today that it's not always easy and it's not always convenient, but I do say to you today, one of these days it's going to be worth the trip. It's going to be worth the journey once we are reunited, not only with the Lord Jesus Christ, but also with all of those that have added things to our life along the way. Praise God. So, to the church today, happy Mother's Day. And thank you for all that you've given. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today as our musicians come. Our hand wrote this morning, sitting in the office, about three pages of notes that I decided not to bring to the pulpit because it just had such a negative turn, but I'll turn uh, tone to it. But I'll give you a brief uh, synopsis, if you will, of what I had written. I do know today that our our culture has produced an element of women that give birth to babies, but don't always want to serve in the capacity of motherhood. I hear this oftentimes about fathers that they'll father a child, but they don't want to be the father. But I see it. As well, we've we've reached a place in our society where women will literally abandon their children or they'll have children and then uh, want to go on with their life as though they didn't have children. And so those children have to adapt to a mother that's really not kind and nurturing and what have you. I'm trying to be very careful here this morning because there's people here in this building whose lives are not totally and completely fulfilled because your mother failed for whatever reason to serve in a true capacity of motherhood. But I want to introduce you to another mother. There's another place you can go, and it's called the church. And to the best of our ability, if you choose to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, this church will nurture you. It'll teach you. It'll be kind. It'll love you. It will extend a whole lot of mercy and Virtually no judgment. We're not here to judge anybody. We're not here to be judgmental in any way, shape, or form. But there is a place where you can truly be loved. There's people here today, I speak this of a truth, there's people here today that treat their church family as more of a family than they do their own natural family. And it's because the church has been so kind, so loving, and so nurturing. Thank the Lord. I want to say to everybody here today, welcome to Grace. We're glad you're here. Thank the Lord to be in a place, to be in a place.
where you can truly be loved, where you can truly be appreciated. Thank the Lord. I want to provide for all of our families here today, and I hope this doesn't um, provoke the wrong feelings out of anyone. But if there is a special lady here today, if it's your mother or even someone that you feel like is kind of a mother figure to you, I'd like for you to go find that person. And I'd like to have just a few moments before we dismiss just around the front of just some good quality family time in a spiritual atmosphere. I know you're going to the Piccadilly and Outback and all that stuff in a little while, but let's, let's appreciate our mother without the onion rings and the chips and salsa and what have you, if you will. Thank the Lord. While they're playing softly, why don't everybody come? All of our guests, everybody, we're not going to ask you to do anything crazy. Uh, just come and stand around the front. Come with your mom, maybe your wife, uh, your daughter, whoever it may be. Just come with someone that's special to you. And let's just spend a few moments together in a spiritual environment and love and appreciation to our moms. Thank the Lord. This is such a beautiful sight, such a beautiful sight. And everyone's welcome to come, everybody. Everybody's welcome to come. Casey, would you sing? And let's just spend a few moments. If you would, if you feel to, just put your arm around your mom, your, your wife, your daughter, whoever it may be. And let's just have a few moments of prayer and praise together. Praise the Lord. Just keep coming. You're coming. From